All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Write down our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. But a lot of Joe's screw-ups. Couldn't even name the Coast Guard lieutenant commander that he was there to honor. Um, gives the same punchline Reagan gave, and he screwed that up. How do you forget the name of the guy that you are honoring? How does that happen? I know some people can't stand it. Well, Hannity, you're calling him Sippy Cup because Joe, he, he doesn't work hard. He doesn't seem capable of it. Compare the video. Look for yourself. Don't take my word for it. You decide. I keep showing side-by-sides of Biden back in the day as senator. Biden back in the day, you know, as vice president. And it's like he's a shadow of his former self. And it is, you know, the world situation is evolving that we need a leader. And it's now a clear, it's clearly evident that hostile actors, hostile regimes see exactly what we see. And that is somebody weak and frail and a cognitive mess, struggling constantly. Frankly, it's even embarrassing at times. We'll get to all of that. Here's the thing that I don't understand as well. There's two things. One is on on COVID and the mixed messaging and, 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 and more on that in a second. The other thing is, how is it possible? How do you justify Joe Biden's waiver allowing Vladimir Putin to build a gas pipeline from into Germany at a time when you just shut down. We were told for environmental reasons. We're told not good for the environment. We got, we're got we going to wean ourselves off of gas and, and oil. I'm going to abolish fracking, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he took away thousands of high-paying career jobs. All of the support businesses around the pipeline work that they, they now had to shutter and close down and move on to other things because there's not the money there available for them because that was the lifeblood to their business. And they're talking about shutting down more pipelines. And, you know, I, I, I how do you justify this? And then Vladimir Putin, you know, he, has, he just gives him a total pass when Russians attack the colonial, you know, pipeline and, and shut down a, the lifeblood of of energy, gasoline to 17 states, the entire east coast of the United States. And oh, well, he didn't he doesn't know anything about it. Well, he should know. And it's like, why are you afraid to confront Putin, Joe? And then why are you rewarding Putin five days later? And allowing him, waiving the sanctions, allowing Putin to build the Russian gas pipeline to Germany, our ally. You know, think about this. Think of the power that he's now given Putin. Putin, if Western Europe becomes more and more dependent on Vladimir Putin and Russia for the lifeblood of their economy, that gives Putin a ton of leverage in terms of being the geopolitical foe hostile actor, hostile regime that he runs. That is a bad idea. And how do you justify it after the hacking? How do you justify it after all the other actions of Russia that we've now learned about? How do you justify it after after telling American energy workers, oh, sorry, your job's gone with the stroke of a pen, and now going from energy independence to energy dependent? I don't get it. And when you think about, you know, all the talk about Russia, 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 
The only Russian information in the 2016 campaign, the only collusion was Hillary Clinton paying for the dirty Russian disinformation dossier that was then used something unverifiable and now debunked. You know, hookers urinating and the Ritz Carlton in Moscow when Donald Trump's room never happened. A big lie. Michael Cohn went to Prague and Czechoslovakia. Never happened. Just lie after lie. And and then they use an unverifiable document, Russian disinformation and and premeditated fraud committed again and again on a FISA court to spy on a presidential candidate his transition team and his presidency really you're going to lecture us on on who's who favors russia hillary clinton signing off on that idiotic uranium one deal that you know the people involved in that case rossistan whatever that company is and all the money kicked back to the clinton foundation walks away scot-free are you kidding me you know, we had an insider for the FBI. This is Mueller's FBI, ironically, you know, talking about bribes and blackmail and money laundering and extortion. And our and we had a spy in the FBI in there feeding that information. And the, we, 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 we need to import uranium. We don't have enough of it. And we're giving, what, 25% supply to Putin and Russia? I mean, he's got to be thinking... We are we can be the dumbest people on earth. I mean, to be able to manipulate Hil- Hillary. You know, what, what was this all? Tell tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. OK, all right. Tell Vladimir to give. All right. Just tell him I'll do more after the election. Just play the game with me. Well, he knows. I mean, you know, what is that? There was no Trump Russia collusion. Now we've got Vladimir. You know, Russians hacking our our energy system. We stupidly are giving up energy independence. Joe Biden single-handedly reversing Trump permits. You know, this was a key goal of Vladimir Putin. The economic impact is incalculable. You know, artificially reducing the supply of energy on the world market is beyond dumb. It's not complicated. You don't need to graduate from MIT or Harvard to figure out supply, demand, crisscross equals the price. Donald Trump drove the price of energy down because we increased the American supply. And for the first time in 75 years, we were energy independent and we were paying the lowest prices ever to heat our homes, cool our homes and fill our gas tanks. Bread and butter issues, straightforward, creating thousands of high-paying career jobs in the energy sector. Wiped away Joe Biden in a day. What about the guys? Well, we, we, we want you to get other high-paying union jobs. This is, let's make, let's make Vladimir and Russia rich again. Let's make them great again. This is what American last policies look like. And this is only the beginning of the impact. This is just the beginning. This was a main give to Vladimir Putin. Hostile actor, hostile regime. How do we know? Because the Democrats have been telling us, lying to us three years, that Trump colluded with Vladimir. No, I think Vladimir feared Trump. 
or at least had a healthy respect that he wasn't to be messed with. I think the mullahs of Iran, I think they feared Donald Trump. I think Kim Jong-un, I, I, he had a healthy respect and fear also. President Xi, China, <laughs> for the first time somebody stood up to China, who've been kicking our ass for, for however long. They're doing backflips because, you know, the ever clueless, cognitively, the cognitive mess that is Joe Biden is running the show. I mean, I couldn't believe, you know, you're, you're really a dull class. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, I mean, it's so bad. You know, you're watching all of this. You know, it's it's terrible. They send a muddled message on, you know, this Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Why would you give a waiver to Putin? Why would you allow our allies to become dependent on Russia? We were figuring out ways to get our energy over to our Western European allies. We could kick Putin's ass on that front. You know, we should have been building, you know, avenues, pipelines available to us and and coming up with technological ways of, of advancing energy to our European friends and allies. It's pretty unbelievable. Doesn't make it any sense whatsoever. What's the claim? There's no climate benefit because if Joe did it for climate reasons, well, then he would also have denied Putin the the waiver to build his own pipeline because it's bad for the environment. No, it's only bad for the environment in America, but it's okay for it to be built Russia to to Europe and our Western European allies and Germany. It's unbelievable. Why did they cancel the pipeline? It's politics. It is not, and there's no climate benefit because he just let Putin do what he denied American companies the right to do. That is called massive hypocrisy. That, you know, that is putting America last and Putin first. Caving on Nord Stream 2. This is flat out weakness. And I'm telling you that the likes of Putin are doing backflips. They want, they feel they need a, a weak America. Just like we've now learned the CDC. They've been politicized. You know, now we know that, in fact, they were writing coronavirus policy. Well, that's the CDC against science. Because, you know, oh, everybody needs to get vaccinated. Once you're vaccinated, you're going to be, it's going to be great. Life will return to normal. Okay, everybody gets fully vaccinated, and then, no, you need to still wear your mask. What? If there's vaccine hesitancy, that would be because of Joe and the Democrats. There's a union panic. I don't know what's going on. There was a great article in the New York Post about it, Bob McManus, talking about, you know, asking the question, are the wheels falling off Randy Weingarten's little red wagon because her union has badly damaged kids during covid and the CDC were the willing accomplices because they were taking dictation, not following science. They were taking dictation from the teachers union uh, because the teachers union didn't want teachers back in the classroom. And they did not put students as their top priority. That's that's Joe Biden's America. And it's only the beginning. Nancy Pelosi's out there fining Republicans if they don't wear a mask, which is following CDC guidelines. I would take her to court on that. 500 bucks for each House member that walks into the chamber without a mask on. 
Next offense, $2,500. Good grief. Kamala Harris saying COVID is an opportunity to transform how we live, how we work, and how we vote. Yeah, of course. They don't want any voter ID, and they don't want any signature verification, and they don't want any partisan observers. They don't want to clean up the voting lines. They want felons to vote. They don't want any chain of custody integrity. Um, they want automatic registration for everyone. There is a phenomenon, though. There's, it's like a trauma for liberals that they can't wear their precious masks anymore. I, I, I will admit selfishly, of course, not, not minimizing the seriousness of this virus. This thing's deadly. That's why I'm, I'm, ur- I'm urging all of you, take it seriously. Do your research. Talk to your doctors. Take into account your medical condition. Make a good decision. Protect others. Protect grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad. Anyway, it's like a trauma. I don't know how I'm going to live without my mask. And remember, we were all called conspiracy theorists. If you talk about these wet markets or the Wuhan uh, lab in, in, you know, uh, as the origin of this virus, yeah, it's now mainstream. We were just a year ahead, so we were called conspiracy theorists. But the real media mob conspiracy theorists were the Trump, Russia, collusion, hoax, liars. And they were liars. They know they lied. I mean, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. You know what the biggest evidence of culpability is? Is Wuhan. If you live there, you couldn't fly to the rest of China. Because they had a travel ban. You couldn't fly from the rest of China into Wuhan province. Because of the travel ban. But you could leave Wuhan province. Get on a plane and fly anywhere else in the world. Just not China. I think that is pretty damning. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, So I'm trying to understand this. Why would Democrats block the vote to make the House mask rules meet what the CDC guidelines are? Why would they do that? Why are they fining people for following the science and the CDC? Why are Democrats clinging to their masks? Uh, when the science is now telling us no science only that came out because of the revelation that they were taking dictation from the teachers unions. Congressman Massey said speakers Pelosi sent me another letter about violating her tyrannical unscientific mask rule. And it shows the letter in the trash can. I mean, people are losing their minds. We told you about we played the teacher that berated this young kid. Man, it was awful can't believe that that teacher's on leave, but that teacher needs to be fired. In Colorado, we got a bus driver that slapped a 10-year-old girl. Why? Because she wasn't wearing a mask because it made her feel sick. Well, that guy at least got fired. And House, uh, we, got, we got a lot more on this that we're going to, including House Intelligence. Devin Nunes, very smart man, and he's done investigation significant evidence that the COVID virus was from the Wuhan lab. Oh, what we reported likely a year ago. All right, more mass confusion, mixed messages. Thank you, uh, by the way, 25 to the top of the hour. I mean, this is amazing. Republican congressmen and women, they're being fined for following CDC guidelines. How stupid is is Nancy Pelosi to do that? I just saw, I saw a video that Sweet Baby James showed me. It was on Twitter. And I had friends send me, you know, send this stuff all the time to him. And what, what do we see? We see 
many instances, Democrats, no mask on, no social distancing. What kind of what, what is what is why are they creating vaccine hesitancy when they say that they want people to be vaccinated and they blame conservatives? Then Democrats block a vote to make House mask rules comply with the science and the CDC. You know, it's um, it's unbelievable. And what is what does Kamala Harris mean? COVID, an opportunity to transform how we live, how we work, and how we vote. You know, as we emerge from the pandemic, I believe that we are at the start of a new era. I believe that we have a unique opportunity now to shape our nation's future, to transform how we live, how we work, and how we vote for the better. Oh, okay. How we vote. And that means no signature verification, no voter ID, no voter ID whatsoever. That's what they want. So amazing that Joe Biden has gotten away with playing the race card, calling Georgia's law Jim Crow 2.0, <laughs> the same guy that partnered with the former Klansman and praised effusively, you know, segregationists and and the former clan the guy that filibustered the historic 64 civil rights act the 65 voting rights act joe partners with this guy robert kkk bird and what does he partner to do to stop the integration of schools and school busing because he doesn't want schools to become his words racial jungles really we're gonna get why does he get a pass no republican presidential candidate would be given a pass and, you know, his state, they, he hasn't lifted a finger in five million years being a representative from Delaware to make the voting laws less restrictive in Delaware, far more restrictive than they are in, in Georgia. How does he get away with lying like that? Anyway, back to the China issue for a second. Uh, friend of this program, the ranking member of the Intel Committee, uh, now says that there is evidence that's significant that the covid wuhan that 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 is where the origins of the virus have come from that wuhan lab leak nobody's gotten to the question that i want most answered and that is why did you put a travel ban in effect in china so that people that lived in wuhan province were not allowed to travel to the rest of china or if you lived in other parts of china you couldn't travel to wuhan province but you couldn't travel from Wuhan to the rest of the world, which is what the, the people of Wuhan did. And look at look at what it has done to the world. Look at what. And then, then we got this justthenews.com as an investigative point about Devin Nunes's intel. And um, anyway, they believe the U.S. government is engaged in dangerous scientific research with China. In other words, that we're helping to finance this, this, this total shift show, if you want to call it that. Anyway, Devin Nunes, the committee's ranking member, 21-page report, overwhelming open-source evidence supporting uh, the idea that the coronavirus escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It includes a State Department memo from January revealing several researchers at the lab were sickened with COVID-19 symptoms as early as the fall of 2019. Media reports that there were no cell phone activity inside this 
this Wuhan lab, as they call it, between October 7th, 2019 and October 24th, 2019, suggesting a possible shutdown or a blackout at the facility. Warnings from U.S. diplomats in China that the Wuhan lab was, quote, conducting dangerous research on coronaviruses without following necessary safety protocols, risking the accidental outbreak of a pandemic. Recent scientific study concluding COVID-19 has several characteristics when taken together are not easily explained by a natural uh, virus origin hypothesis. China has a history of viral leaks from their research labs, including one in 04 in Beijing tied to an outbreak of severe acute respiratory syndrome later as earlier coronavirus known as SARS. They have significant evidence of serious concerns that the outbreak may have been a leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Well, we need to get to the bond. Did China do it purposely? Pompeo has called on China to release evidence disproving the Wuhan lab leak. Bring it. He said, come on and bring it. He's right. It's unbelievable. The, um, you have the, the second in command at the CDC is now stepping down after reported collusion with the teachers union was brought to light. You think? Can you imagine they took dictation from the teachers unions that had an agenda which was not to do any teaching? In person, well, we had the vaccine. Thanks to Donald Trump. Why is Nancy Pelosi, why is she, why is she fining Republicans? This is unbelievable. You know, it was an interesting article on, on the Wall Street Journal. Did Joe Biden peak on Inauguration Day? COVID confusion, Mideast chaos, the threat of inflation. He doesn't have many victories to point to. No, as a matter of fact, it's become an unmitigated disaster. It's just every on every front. The crisis at the border, his attempts at raising taxes everywhere, his reckless and irresponsible spending, his outright lying about COVID emergency relief money when only 9% of the monies went to COVID emergency relief. It was nothing but a blue state bailout bill and a down payment for New Green Deal socialism giving into the squad, just like infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. All the Green New Deal items are infrastructure. Oh, now we have to change the definition of words completely. It's all an investment. When they tax you, it's an investment. It's not an investment. It's a tax. It's not infrastructure. It's the Green New Deal socialism utopia. It's unbelievable. This is not ending well here. This, you can predict this. Every day of the week, social, I have the whole chapter, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink, socialism. When I say about socialism, I give its history of failure. Now we're looking at states, they now have to bypass the federal government, not take the extra unemployment money they, because their industries, their restaurants, their factories, their manufacturing centers, their stores can't find workers. Because they're making more money staying home than going to work. Not a good idea. That's why they are now, the states themselves, saying we don't want the extra money. And they're reimposing work requirements for unemployment benefits amid a, a terrible hiring shortage. 
And on top of, you know, you just look at all of this and you say, how how does this happen in this great country of ours? And Democrats pushing Biden to abandon bipartisan negotiations on the so-called infrastructure bill. They want to ram it down our throat. That's why he's signing all these executive orders. With a stroke of a pen, bypassing an entire co-equal branch of government, that being the legislative branch. It's pretty unbelievable. It is, um, these are dangerous times. Look, look, look at how bad the, the worker shortage is. We now have uh, chip shortages at the danger zone. In other words, semiconductor lead times, the time it takes for a company to order a chip taking delivery, increased to 17 weeks, indicating shortages of these critical components are intensifying. Well, that impacts Companies' ability to provide the goods and services that they they sell. Then it puts more jobs in jeopardy. Add to that the 4.2% jump in inflation. Add to that to the low number of people being hired, an increase in the unemployment level. You know, for example, uh, Susquehanna Financial Group reported chip lead times increased to 17 weeks, a level that surpasses the all-time high and described it as a danger zone since they've been protecting it. A third of the largest U.S. chicken producer has run out of chicken wings. Now you can laugh at that, but it's not particularly funny if you own a sports bar and everybody loves your wings. You might not be able to get enough. Look at the price of oil going through the roof. Every single thing that every American buys whether it's in a grocery store, whether it's in a drug store, whether it's, you know, whatever store you go to, a mall store, I don't know. It all gets there by a truck. 18-wheelers, truck drivers, trucking companies. They're paying a ton more for diesel. Guess what? You think they're going to take less in profits? No. Think a driver's going to drive for less? No, he's not. No, she's not. Whoever's driving the truck. You think driving um, uh, these transport companies are going to take less profit? Nope. What do I always say? Corporations don't pay taxes. They pass the costs on to us, the consumer. Everything we buy will cost more. The price of gasoline skyrocketing because of this new Green Deal socialist madness that they're pushing down our throat or ramming down our throat. We, we fire our own pipeline workers. We stop constructing, you know, we end all energy independence. You know, you think about it. Obama, tell Vladimir, tell Vladimir that um, I'll have more flexibility after the election. Hillary, she buys the dirty Russian dossier. Secretary of State signs off on the sale of uranium to Russia. When we have a shortage of uranium, we need to import uranium. Uranium is a necessary ingredient for nuclear weapons that protect this country and our liberties and our freedom. You know, think of Joe Biden. He shuts down American high-paying career jobs and gives a waiver to Putin so Putin can build out his energy business and, and build the pipeline to our ally in Western Europe, Germany. Great. I'm sure their bond will get stronger and stronger. What is the thinking behind any of this? None of it makes sense to me. 
sure it doesn't make sense to any of you either. Very, very frightening times, I'm telling you. We have, uh, on the security front, I don't understand liberals at all. Democrats now, we know we've got the anti-Semitic caucus, and we've chronicled these things often on this program. I won't go through all of it again now. Democrats now are against Israel's Iron Dome. House Democrats rejected a measure to help our ally in the Middle East, Israel, to boost Israel's security aid. For the second time this week, House Democrats refused to back back pro-Israel legislation. And this time to fund the Iron Dome missile defense. They had thousands told. Now, what's the latest number? Ted Cruz said it was well over 4,000 last night. Thousands of rockets fired into Israel, and we're denying Israel arms at a time when they're at war against terrorists and terrorism at a time when Russia and China are providing arms to Iranian mullahs so they can ship it to Yemen to fight their proxy war in the rest of the Middle East. This is madness. Palestinians, uh, apparently there's a big uh, group of Palestinian protesters. They attacked a crowded restaurant. This was in the L.A. Times, shouting death to the Jews and then beating up diners. It wasn't the Gaza Strip. It wasn't the West Bank. It was in Los Angeles. That's frightening. We'll show you some of the video tonight on Hannity. Black Lives Matter has declared their solidarity against Israel. Shocker. How is it, you know, Israel's been able to take out 62 miles of tunnels. I've been in those tunnels. They're 60 feet below ground using Israeli cement, Israeli electricity, and American money to build them. Ocasio-Cortez, leader of... Now, people said, no, she's not the real Speaker of the House. That's hyperbole, Hannity. No, she's in charge. Because neither Biden, Pelosi, or Schumer will dare take her on. Schumer's afraid of being primaried by her. Pelosi knows that if she loses the squad, she's no longer Speaker. And Biden, I don't even know if he knows what day of the week it is. Pretty unbelievable. Leading the effort not to help our ally at a time of war. They're under attack. They're being attacked. And we're telling them to stand down. What? Who the hell are you to tell Israel to stand down? You're going to tell America to stand down if rockets are flying into our country? Are you kidding me? Come on, man. You junkie. That's what we got in the White House. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You'll want to be a part of the program. We actually showed on TV last night a video comparing. Well, let me backtrack. Biden gave his first commencement address as commander in chief to the U.S. Coast Guard Academy in their 2021 graduating class. He was boring, mumbled and fumbled and just didn't really connect and even berated them a little bit about not clapping at his stupid jokes. At one point, uh, he he did kind of raise some eyebrows at a video that went viral where Joe Biden and Ronald Reagan around the same around the same age, 77 and 78, uh, making the same joke to the Coast Guard. And uh, just listen to the distinct difference. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. 
I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on, man. You're a dull class. Are you a junkie? Are you a junkie? Come on, man. Okay, we even got to come on man out of it. Anyway, here to talk about that other issues of the day, Kathy Barnett. Now, she is a now candidate for the Senate in the great state of Pennsylvania. Been extremely impressed with uh, her as a candidate. Uh, we're watching that Senate race very closely. David Schoen, civil liberties attorney, former board member even of the Alabama Civil Liberties uh, Union. Uh, welcome both of you to the program. I mean, you know, some people, Kathy, have been getting mad at me. And every time they get mad at me and, and, and they say, this is terrible. Hannity says Joe is weak and he's frail, a cognitive mess. He's struggling cognitively and sippy cup Joe, warm, milky, night, night. Because we know his schedule. He doesn't show up to work till 930. Usually has one event planned a day and that's it. Less than one oh. event if you look at the average. And, you know, he's lights, lights are out at like 730 for Joe after his warm, milky and sippy cup. Now, just the opposite of Donald Trump. He worked 24 hours a day around the clock, weekends, and never stopped. You rea- is, yeah. that fa- is that fair? Because every time, oh, one last I- thing. Every, every time they attack me, I just play the, the full montage of all of Joe's gaffes, which are horrible. And you know what? I mean, and I wish people would stop calling them gaffes. I think that his lips are Good simply point. telling what is really going on in his heart and in his mind. I mean, a gaffe would be a word or two. A gaffe is not an entire sentence or an entire paragraph. You know, like, uh, you know, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. That's a whole thought. That's not a gaffe. That's a, that's a complete thought right there. And I believe that it is truly indicative of what's going on. And it's hard. You're absolutely correct. And now, you know, and I think it's really hypocritical when these people tell us, oh, we got we to gotta be kind. We have to be nice. We spent four years, now this year, going into the fifth year of the left and others marginalizing a man, President Trump, who worked night and day for our nation. And he truly made this nation great again. And now we are all having to put up with deal and just pray to God, you know, we can go into warp speed and get past these four years with Joe Biden's agenda being one of putting America last again. Everything this man is touching is is, is setting the nation on fire, whether we're talking about open borders. I mean, like, that's a huge epic fail, whether we're talking about not backing Israel, his double speak on, a, on various things, um, giving the green light for North uh, uh, Nord Stream 2 for Russia, but then exiting and canceling out our own Keystone Pipeline. None of these things are making sense whatsoever. So we have every right to put a mirror up before those people who voted not for Biden, but against President Trump. We have every right to put a, a mirror in front of them so that they can see what their uh, illogic has brought on to the entire nation. I also, at some point, David Schoen, I think it's going to be a very fair question. We'll see over time if my prediction is right. And that is, to what extent, who knew about Joe's being weak and frail and cognitively struggling and the efforts that had to be made behind the scenes to to prop him up in his basement bunker where he was hiding throughout the whole campaign 
under the big tech Democratic Party media mob candidate protection program. I want to know if they knew the man that they were helping to run for president was was in bad shape, but they made him do it anyway. Yeah, you'd like to think that information would come out, but they've had a tremendous way of closing ranks. But, you know, on the serious side of all of these things, you see here. It's well, well, well just- hang on. Is this the same guy that left office in, in the beginning of 2017? Because when I look at videotapes and I've looked at them and I've showed them on TV, there is a dramatic, you know, it's you can see it with your own eyes, hear it with your own ears. That's not there's good no, for the country to have a, a cognitively impaired or weak or frail president. There's no, no question about that. But you see it translate into policy uh, gaps and voids that are now being filled by Bernie Sanders and the hate squad um, in terms of policy. I mean, the idea, the picture of seeing the president of the United States spending 10 minutes talking on a tarmac the other day with Rashida Tlaib, an absolute hater, anti-Semite, uh, it's just, it's shocking. And th- that in that regard, it's also not the same Joe Biden you ever saw before, who... If to the extent he had any policy, any policy position, certainly wasn't uh, these policy positions. Okay, let me go to another uh, uh, bit of hypocrisy as we go through the news of the day here a little bit. I I cannot believe that Joe Biden literally reversed. Well, first, with the stroke of a pen, he eliminates thousands and thousands of American jobs. Keystone XL pipeline, even Granholm, even John Kerry say it's the best way to transport fuel. The best way, the safest way. Uh, and he's now thinking about shutting down other pipelines. Whitmer in Michigan is pushing for more as well. They're trying to close the Dakota pipeline. While simultaneously, he is giving a request to Vladimir Putin for his pipeline to go directly to Germany so he can make Putin and Russia rich again and make America weak and energy independent again and and losing high-paying career jobs in the process. Uh, Kathy. Absolutely. Again, I believe this is just another example of Biden putting America last agenda again. Uh, everything this man touches uh, the American people end up being on the on, on on the short end of that stick. Whether it is, and not just the American people, but our allies. Again, we can run down the list. Everything Biden is touching is exploding. It's is catching on fire. Whether we're talking about our open borders, whether we're talking about not backing Israel, whether we're talking about getting us back into the failed Paris Accord, working alongside Iran, which is now uh, funneling money and um, and materials over. To to Hamas, whether we're talking about incentivizing people not to work, whether we're talking about this non-infrastructure bill and the havoc is going to wreak on our economy. I, I have no idea. I mean, this seems like we have all fallen down the rabbit hole and we're all trying to figure out where are we. It's a nightmare of an administration and present company excluded. Where is the media? Where is the media that hounded every step of the previous? I, let, let me let me put it. Let me put that to rest. Journalism in America is dead. They don't exist. They're nothing but Pravda, uh, propaganda, uh, an extension of the Democratic Socialist. New Green Deal Socialist Party uh, press office. That's all that they are. I mean, you know, by the way, it, and I'll throw this to David. Biden once called Trump Putin's puppy. OK, <laughs> Vladimir Putin uh, gets his top foreign policy objective courtesy of the waiver of Joe Biden. 
so he can build a Russian gas pipeline while simultaneously taking away thousands of high-paying career jobs from Americans and closing down the Keystone XL pipeline that would benefit us. Yep, there's absolutely no justification for it, no uh, consistency to the policy, but we're seeing that with a number of policies and including and specifically with our in our dealings with Russia. You know, Biden started out with the tough talk, calling Putin names, murderer, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, crushing diplomatic relations to that extent. And then you have this. So the question is, you know, where's it coming from? What money is pushing that issue? Um, and we've seen that that's unfortunately what drives policy uh, with Mr. Biden, I suppose, and with his son. Yeah, well, I mean, it's unbelievable. Got to take a quick break here. We'll come back more with Kathy Barnett and David Schoen. Then your calls, 800-941-SEAN. As we continue with Kathy Barnett, candidate for the Senate for Republicans, looking for the nomination in Pennsylvania. David Schoen is with us, civil liberties attorney. So now we know that the teachers unions, Kathy, that they were writing policy for the CDC. So pipelines clearly can't be about the environment or protecting the environment if he's going to allow Putin and grant the waiver for his pipeline construction to move forward. And the same CDC policies we now know, okay, it was never about the science. It was about the politics of keeping the big contributors in the teachers union happy. Am I wrong? No, I do not believe you're wrong whatsoever. They are doing everything they can to prolong a crisis that is no longer a crisis. And it is very unfortunate. Again, it's a part of that whole put America last um, again um, at, at play here. Uh, this uh, They weaponized a very serious um, uh, issue. That pandemic, COVID-19, it's a very serious virus for certain people, not all people. I was just looking at the more the morbidity chart. And for those who are 45 and less, it is less than 1% impacting for our children, our school-age children, is virtually negligible. There's nothing at all that would say our children still need to be out of school. And depending on what neighborhood you're living in, if you have money, your kid has been in school since the beginning of last, since the beginning of September of last year. But in Philadelphia, for example, and some of these uh, more marginalized communities, their students are still not in school, and they're citing CDC, they're citing science, and what we're coming to find out, whether we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, uh, sidestepping science, or whether you're talking about what the CDC is, um, you know, finally they, they, they come to the table, but you have a number of others who are saying, well, no, we're not going to follow the science here. And it is weaponizing a very serious uh, issue that impacted this nation for their own political gain so that they can control the narrative and continue to push the things that they want onto the American people. It's a tragedy all the way around. There are no winners in this scenario right now, and specifically our children. Uh, I don't, uh, I think all these policies are disastrous for everybody. Let me go back to Israel that you mentioned earlier, David, and now you have the squad. Uh, you mentioned Congresswoman Tlaib, and now you got people like Ocasio-Cortez. Now, I'm arguing that she's the real speaker in the House, Pelosi, speaker in name only, but she's now leading an effort to block arms uh, desperately needed by our number one ally in the Middle East to, to fight back against terrorism. 
Hamas is a terror group. Their charter calls for the destruction of the state of Israel. You know, thousands of rockets fired into Israeli cities. And uh, I'm watching this and I, I see the anti-Semitism of some and, and the silence of Schumer and Biden and Pelosi is deafening on this important issue. I did like that Bibi said, no, we're not going to be told when to stop a war that was initiated against us. And and Joe Biden now is following the squad and now pushing Bibi into they found 62 miles of tunnels, by the way. They've been yeah. able to cl- they've been able to thankfully kill the leaders of this terrorist organization, many of them. Yep. It's an incredible hypocrisy, I think, fueled by anti-Semitism. This hate squad is just horrible, and they are certainly persuading President Biden at this point. There have been over 4,000 rockets shot into Israel in the last 10 days, but it didn't just start there. Days before this, remember, there were all kinds of terrorist attacks. Um, 70 Israelis wounded in the days before this. A 19-year-old uh, student was killed at a junction. 40 rockets were shot in April. Remember, these rockets being shot by Hamas are shot indiscriminately into civilian areas, specifically targeting civilians. Israel does the opposite. Israel gives warning before every strike so that people can evacuate buildings. Israel only strikes military targets. Hamas has embedded their rocket launchers within civilian areas, within mosques, within hospitals, uh, just outside them. So rendering this situation a PR nightmare for Israel and PR advantage to them. Let's be clear about this also. The squad keeps putting out this uh, this idea, along with others. Now, Black Lives Matter has joined them, that uh, this started over uh, uh, storming the Temple Mount and that sort of thing by Israel. Absolutely false. There was an incident in which uh, Arabs on the Temple Mount were throwing stones at worshippers, Christian and Jewish worshippers at the Wailing Wall. Police had to go up and stop that. This idea that it's about a real estate dispute in Sheikh Jarrah, absolutely false. This is a historic heartland of Jewish Jerusalem, and uh, this is a dispute between private parties. The Israeli government's not even a party to the dispute. It's, uh, it's just outrageous. And these are lies. And, uh, and the contrast between Hamas's activities and Israel's activities is sharp. And the squad is drawing the exact opposite, trying to make people believe the exact opposite, cutting off arms to our ally. Can you imagine if one rocket, God forbid, fell in London or Washington or Paris? Uh, could you imagine one rocket landed here? Just one. Yeah. What yeah, would America do? You think, any, you think anybody that told us to, to de-escalate, would, uh, I wouldn't want an American president to listen to anybody. We've got to secure our homeland, and Israel has the right to secure theirs. All right, David Schoen, thank you. Kathy Barnett, we're going to continue following the primaries going on there. Apparently a lot of great Republicans getting in, and it's going to be very fascinating what happens in Pennsylvania. And as always, we wish you the best of luck. We really do. Quick break, right back. 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN is our number. We'll get to your calls here in a second. You know, I I said this the other day. I said, I know for myself... I find I, I am less interested in MLB, Major League Baseball, the NBA, less interested in, in the NFL than ever before. I mean, I'm most interested now in, in UFC, MMA, the Octagon, boxing, you know, sports that haven't capitulated to the PC culture. You know, that, you know most people, this is one of the great ironies of all of this. Go to a football game, go to a basketball game, go to a hockey game. I still love hockey. They seem to be, they're not getting involved in politics, which is smart on their part. It's bad business on top of everything else. But think about this. You're at a football game. You're at a baseball game. You're at a basketball game. You know, baseball game, somebody hits a grand slam. Your home team. 
uh, you, you know, a, a three-point shot uh, at the buzzer to end the quarter or end the half, right? You, you, you think of these incredible moments or, you know, you, you got, you know, less than two minutes. You're on your own 20-yard line. You got to march down the field 80 yards, cross the plane, kick the extra point to win, and they do it. Now, everybody that's in the crowd watching these incredible athletic moments, they're there. Nobody knows if you're Republican or Democrat or conservative or liberal. You know, it, it, it's not you look at the crowd, you've got diversity you know, beyond perfect diversity. You got people from all races, all backgrounds, all socioeconomic uh, positions in life. Anyway, they're united with a shared passion, their team. It's their team. You're high-fiving strangers. Yeah, you know, you're sharing your popcorn. You buy somebody a beer or a hot dog that you're hanging out with that you got to really know and like, talking about whatever team that you both have in common that you like. And it's, it's such a, it, it could be the most unifying thing ever. Now that they've added, starting with Colin Kaepernick, politics to sports, it's not working. Look at these latest numbers. You know, the NBA lost 25 over 25% of its TV audience only since 2019. I mean, that is I mean, that is a danger zone, like unprecedented. And more than 45% since 2012, since that season. Why do you think that's happening? To what extent, you know, are people, do you think that, that people might not like in Georgia the All-Star game in Colorado because Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden lied about the new Georgia election law? law? And Joe Biden's home state Delaware is far more restrictive than the new Georgia law and he never lifted a finger one time in the five million years that he's been representing that state to ever create more accessibility at the ballot box for the people of Delaware people have had I'm telling you people have had it you know we got to a point now where where mayor lightweight has has decided that she is only going to grant interviews and prioritize interviews with reporters of color. And many journalists are now accusing the mayor of racism. A uh, great piece by Andrea Pizer today. And pointing out lightweight, you know, that the, that she will, has decided she's only going to grant one-on-one interviews to African-American and Hispanic reporters. What is that? The other report that comes out, Kamala Harris keeps track of journalists. wonder what my section says. And political players that she feels... Do not appreciate her life experience, and the feeling apparently is mutual because uh, I guess people are now hesitant to even try and book her. The Atlantic Magazine reports that Harris and her team typically dismiss reporters and track political players and reporters whom she thinks don't fully understand her or appreciate her life experience. Wow. Is this is this the future? You know, this is going to be interesting to watch. There are five Oregon counties that have now voted to secede and they want to join the state of Idaho. I'm not making this up. The Idaho statement statesman points out thousands of people eastern Oregon voted for their elected officials to ditch their state and become part of Idaho. I mean, it's pretty, pretty fascinating to watch this. What people might not know And I asked the governor of Texas about this once, and I'm not advocating for this. Ideally, we want to stay the United States of America. You know, we've been through troubled times. We've been through a lot of depression and world wars. And, you know, we we always strive to become a more perfect union. Look at the the tumult and, and 
you know, turmoil of the 60s and all that went on. You know, we can make it through tough times. I've never seen it in all the years I've been on air, radio and TV, things this bad, the divide this bad. But Texas actually, according to their own state constitution, they already have the right to divide Texas into five separate individual states, which is fascinating because if the Democrats push their power grab, could you not foresee? You know, and again, I'm not advocating for this. I just find it as interesting tidbit that maybe a movement would start there. OK, well, we're going to take back the four seats that you have just granted yourself because you believe that D.C. and Puerto Rico will vote reliably Democratic. I could see something like that happening again. Not good for the country. You pack the courts. OK, you add four new justices. What do you, what do you think the next Republican president will do? With a Republican Senate, maybe add four more. I could see that happening also. And then, you know, everything then becomes, uh, you know, hyper division in the country, worse than it is even now. All right, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Patty is in West Virginia. Patty, hi, how are you? Hi there. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling. The reason for my call is I was talking about COVID and the requirement that people have to be immunized before that they are allowed to go without a mask. And I haven't been immunized yet, but I had COVID. And so I have the very immunities already that the people who are getting the shot are trying to obtain. But yet, because I haven't had the shot, I'm still required to wear a mask. And it's just a bit frustrating that, you know, I got my antibodies the hard way. And so did millions of other Americans. We got how, ours how were your symptoms? Did you have a bad case of it, a mild case of it? I was very fortunate. I had a very mild case. Mine was, you know, I, I've had colds that were worse. And so, uh, knock on wood, I was I, I feel very All blessed. Right. So let's go over case. what we do know scientifically that you have natural immunity. You have your own antibodies to COVID-19. Uh-huh. OK, that we know. We also know and we've learned that that the measure of antibodies in your system naturally go down over time and may at some point even not even be discernible. Then you've got what are known as T-cell antibodies. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not playing one on radio here. But they they would still be there where your body would recognize if you had a, another exposure. And the doctors that I've interviewed are unanimous pretty much in saying that, yeah, that would provide protection in and of itself after the immunity level starts going down. That's separate and apart. Um, now, what should you do? Uh, how long ago did you have it? I had it in uh, early November. But mm-hmm. the thing is, I've had tests. I, I continually am tested. And as of the beginning of May, uh, I give blood on a regular basis. And one of the things that the Red Cross does is they test you for antibodies. I gave blood in the beginning of May. And according to the Red Cross, a very reputable organization, sure. I still have antibodies. So I can confirm that I do. In no, fact, it, it, yeah, them. listen, they say three months, but I know people that have had antibodies for nine months, 10 months and 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 find out similarly like you did. Listen, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad it didn't impact you. The people that really have bad cases of it. And I've known a lot and I've done my best to help a lot of people. Linda, how often have we harassed doctor friends of ours for people that we care about a lot, um, a lot. And, and by the way, to the credit of all these doctors, they did it for no money. They did it because I asked for a favor. They did it because they care about what they do. They did it out of love and a commitment to science. 
And um, I tried to help a lot of I spent a lot of time helping people uh, because it's I, I have access to people that have information that I believe could be helpful that has been helpful. Anyway, long story short, do your research on your own is my advice. Same advice I'm giving everybody on 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 the vaccine. Next thing, right. talk to your doctor or doctors. Get their best opinion. Talk to medical professionals that you know and trust. Dr. Uh, Nicole Sapphire is on at the top of the hour. You know, listen to points of view, even ones that you might disagree with. And and then you've got to make your decision, keeping in mind that we all have a responsibility to keep grandma, grandpa, mom and dad and other people safe. And uh, and that's that's you know, that's what I would say to you about it. I, I can't, you know, I can't give you any more, but I'll let you have the final word on this. Well, I agree. I mean, I am so glad that there is a vaccine out there to protect people who have not had COVID and to give them the antibodies that they need to stay safe for themselves and for their families. Um, but I also want, it would be nice if, you know, the fact that there are those of us who do have the antibodies. And I'm very careful about that. I make sure that when I give blood that I test, I watch for that result. And when the day comes that I don't have antibodies or maybe later on this fall when I have travel plans, I will get the immunization because I want to be safe. But for right now, as I am with the antibodies that I have, I'm just as safe as somebody who has had the vaccination. And it would be nice if that was, you know, that all those people across America who are in a like situation, uh, if we could be recognized for having the antibodies that we have as well. Listen, I I think that would probably be the best immunization of any. Uh, Now, would I want to get it to get it to get what the immunity you have? No, I've seen too many people struggle that I really care about. You know, the only thing that I would urge you also to pay attention to is the, the variance and whether or not that the, the T-cell antibodies or the antibody level that you have impacts can be impacted or or would would render you susceptible to a variant. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm not going to be foolish, uh, but I am going to, you know, I'm going to be wise, though, too. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm and you're very smart, very well educated. I'm glad you're okay. By the way, that's the 99% of people end up being okay and and uh anyway, Patty, thanks for checking in with us. We appreciate it. All right, back to our busy telephones. Uh let's say hi to Jason. He's in the great state of Georgia with far more accessible voting opportunities for their citizens than the state of Delaware. What's up uh Jason? How are you, sir? We're doing well, Sean. How are you? It's an honor. Good. Well, Jason runs our board, so we call him J.C. Own. So we'll call you J.C. Own, too. I just want to point out the hypocrisy of the Democrats who claim that they care about human rights violations happening across the world. And while they're up there denouncing Israel, they uh, they leave out one major important fact. Uh, human rights violation has been going on for decades now in China with the Uyghur population. Uh, listen, China... And human rights abuses, they go hand in hand. There's no doubt. Same with Russia. You think all these stories about Russia and Putin's enemies and poisons, uh, do you have a gut instinct whether you believe them or not? Because I do. I have a gut instinct uh, on how I feel about it. And, yeah, why why would Joe ever allow what he what just happened to happen again, giving a waiver to Vladimir Putin so he could build his pipeline. It's pretty unbelievable. 
as the hypocrisy is left and right. And if they want to prove to the American people that they care about human rights across the world, they need yeah. to denounce China and uh, support the Uyghur population who's being genocided right now. Is there is genocide in our time? It's sad. We talked about uh, in yeah. northern the Ascites, the, the the Christians that were being slaughtered in our time. I think we were the only people on the air that even mentioned them ever. Remember our friend Linda Narain. Um, Jason, appreciate the call. All right, you, so Linda, you just sent this to me. I don't see the percentage of people that got COVID and died in the U.S. I don't see it in this chart you sent me. Do you have? Did you find that number yet? Yeah, it's on the same chart. I'll I'll isolate it out. Stand by. Okay, why don't you just tell everybody, because you got the chart in front of you, too. Because I just left the chart to give you a different chart and a different map, so i got to get back to the other chart and give you that chart. Okay, actually, it's the death rate according to the CDC. All right, I got it. Now, this is as of May 20th, 2021. Uh, This is from the CDC. Over 33 million cases. Uh, Let's see. 587,930 deaths or 0.178% per capita. Now, by the way, I remember interviewing Donald Trump and and Alex Berenson, who's hated former New York Times writer because he is he has been taking very different positions the entire pandemic than the media mob. And he pointed out in a tweet that, well, Donald Trump was on Sean Hannity's show and said it that his gut was telling him that the death rate's going to be well under 1%, and that Donald Trump was right. Is he ever going to get credit for anything? No, of course not. Quick break, right back. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we had a caller last uh, half hour talking about how she has natural immunities uh, as it relates to the coronavirus and is she's not I wouldn't say this is vaccine hesitancy. She's saying that I just checked my antibodies again. What, six, eight months later? And I still have a very high level. And we were discussing T cell antibodies. I'm talking about that also. Um, we keep hearing follow the science. But what have we learned? We learned that the CDC was taking dictation for policy from the teachers unions. We also learned that well, we, you know, we were all told, get, get the vaccine and life will return to normal. But Joe Biden answers, no, I wear it for an extra layer of protection, fully vaccinated. Then a fully vaccinated Joe and Jill Biden outside, socially distanced. They have their mask on as they enter the home of former President Carter to meet the 96-year-old former president and his 93-year-old former first lady. And then what do they do? They take the masks off inside, right in front of older people, and they get right on top of each other to take a picture. And then they leave the home, again, socially distanced, outdoors, fully vaccinated, and they put their mask back on. I mean, you can't make this up. Well, conservatives are creating vaccine hesitancy. No, I actually believe science. I I predicted in January of last year that American scientists, medical researchers, they will they'll work their magic. I had a lot of faith in them more earlier than anybody else. And now we have three vaccines available. Again, I urge you to do your research and therapeutics like Regeneron. Now, Kamala Harris 
perhaps in a candid moment, uh, said COVID is an opportunity to transform how we live, work and vote. Here to discuss all of this, Dr. Nicole Sapphire is back with us. Her new book is out. It's Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19. Dr. Sapphire, thanks for being with us. You have been on the program many times in the last year. And I think that Dr. Oz nailed it when he once said on this show that when politics and medicine collide and crisscross, politics always wins. That's pretty sad, isn't it? It is pretty sad, especially when you look at uh, the consequences of what's occurred over the last 15 months. Okay, let me ask you specifically. Now, Nancy Pelosi is currently fining Republicans that are following the CDC mass guidelines. In other words, they're getting $500 fine if you're on the House floor with without a mask. Uh, I believe the second offense goes up to $2,500. But when you look at what the CDC is telling us, that if you're fully vaccinated, you can go about your life without wearing a mask. So my question is, why all the confusion? You know, actually, Sean, I would have to tell you, I don't think there's confusion there. I think that people are having a really difficult time letting go of the mask. I think that they have begun completely equating the mask to President Trump. And people think if they take off their mask, all of a sudden they're giving in to Trump and they just don't want to do that. I think it's going to be really hard for them to take it off. You know, there will be some people who are still afraid, even after vaccination, that, you know, they still don't want to get the virus. And if that's the case, then by all means, they can continue wearing a mask as long as they want. You know, masks can help with pollution, with allergies, but there should these mask mandates, especially when you have a large body of the population having received the vaccine or have natural immunity, the mandates have to go. There is really no precedent for them anymore. So it's really is it a fair statement to say now that we know that 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 the CDC was taking dictation from the teachers union? Is it now safe to say that they weren't following the science, but they were following the politics of coronavirus? Well, I mean, listen, Sean, first of all, the CDC, they, they've been picking and choosing which data to actually help guide their recommendations, you know, and I find that to be frustrating. Uh, yes, we have, it's become quite evident that the teachers union heavily influenced a lot of their guidelines. I mean, I, I have researched that a lot over the course of the year in, for my book. And so, you know, it's quite opportune timing that it just really came out within the last month. But I can tell you what... They're, again, continuing to only cherry-pick the data regarding the vaccines. They're saying, Dr. Fauci himself said, I only feel safe because I'm fully vaccinated. But then you have other people who have recovered from COVID-19 and they have natural immunity. The CDC is ignoring the fact that a study came out in April from the Lancet, a big study that's showing that the protection from natural immunity is is equivalent to that of the vaccine. So, unfortunately, they're following the science. It's just the science that they're choosing to look at, which you cannot do if you really want to be a bipartisan entity and truly follow said science. You have to take it all in and not just public popular opinion. By the way, there was a great article in the Washington Examiner today. Trauma for liberals as states drop the mask mandate. People are afraid to take their mask off. Uh, I very selfishly can tell you, tell you that in a very strange way, and I'm, I'm just glad we're getting beyond this and getting back to normal life, which we need desperately. Uh, it did give me anonymity, a little bit of anonymity that I realized that I've <laughs> lost in the course of being on TV 25 straight years. 
Um, let me ask you this, because there are many people that have been trying to pressure me, and I, I was probably going to be inclined to tell people my decision, my personal decision, and after my research and consultation with my doctor uh, about the vaccination. And then after people were demanding to know, I said, well, now I'm not going to tell you because I believe in medical privacy. I don't have to tell anybody. But then there's been a push that that I should be outspoken and play Dr. Hannity on radio and television. And I have a responsibility to tell everybody to get vaccinated. Now, I refuse to do that. But that would be to me practicing medicine without a license. But I do tell people this that take this seriously, it can kill you or you can transmit it to somebody and it might kill them. I say that do your research, read. The information is is readily available. It's something that Al Gore created, the internet. And there's a, a wealth of information. Read opinions you agree with, disagree with. You can even look at the clinical trials and all the different studies that have come out. Then I advise people to talk to their doctor and or doctors and medical professionals that they know, respect, and trust, and based on their specific medical issues, whatever they may or may not be, then make an intelligent decision. But regardless, think of other people in this whole process. Think of grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad. I am very pro-science. I'm very pro-vaccine. But I'm not, I'm not going to play doctor on radio or TV. Am I wrong in that advice? John, you're exactly right. And here's the problem that I have right now when people are demanding to know vaccine status. They're talking about the vaccine passports to live our lives again. I find that that's going to not only further the equity divide, but also cause a level of discrimination. Again, you're continuing to discriminate against the people who perhaps their doctors told them they shouldn't get it. Perhaps they have a contraindication because of an allergy or they've recovered and they have natural immunity and therefore they are actually safe. The only thing that we should be looking at as a metric of reopening again is that of the case numbers, the hospitalizations and the deaths. And we have finally gotten to a level that is nearing what we have previously was acceptable level of risk. And yet that is still not good enough, despite the fact that our percent positivity has hit an all time low. We're below three percent. There is no reason to not just open up at this point. We should not be requiring vaccine passports. If people want to get vaccinated, they can. There is enough supply. And if they don't want to, then that is on them. And therefore, at that point, it's if they want to risk themselves to getting coronavirus, then again, that is them. We, ha- we deal with risk every day. More children are dying in car accidents every single year than have died from the coronavirus. Yet our children continue to be punished by these harsh restrictions of this perceived risk, which is not actually reality. Let me ask you about natural immunity. We had a caller in the last hour who contracted COVID in November and uh, actually recently checked her antibody level. It's still high. Um, That natural immunity that she has. uh, Okay. And she's feeling pressured to now get a vaccine. Uh, I gave her the same advice I just mentioned to you. So she has natural immunity. We do know from the science that antibody levels over time begin to decline. We were told usually after three months. In her case, it's been longer and she still has a a pretty high level of antibodies. Okay, now let's say you have natural immunity. The antibody levels go, go down lower and lower, maybe not even detectable. You still have what are called T cell antibodies. Can you explain that? Well, it's not necessarily T-cell antibodies. What we have are the innate and the adaptive immune systems. And essentially, you have that immediate response 
which will form antibodies. They form the acute phase antibodies, and they form longer phase antibodies. But from there, you actually get memory T cells and other types of T cells and B cells, as well as other cells that have a more long-term memory so that if you were to get infected a couple months or years from them, it, it kicks back in. Now, this varies for every single pathogen that we encounter. When it comes to SARS-CoV-2, the current recommendations are even if you have recovered from an infection, they are still recommending that you get the vaccine. They have data that show if you had a natural immunity, if you get the vaccine, you get a you get higher immune levels. I mean, th- that's great. We know that the vaccine alone caused great immunity, but, you know, could you ever really have too much immunity? No. Now, but here's the thing. The argument is that, well, they say, well, we don't know how long that natural immunity lasts. That's very true. There were some early studies that came out showing antibody levels were decreasing after three to five months. There are some other studies showing that they're lasting longer. There's also more studies that show that the response to SARS-CoV-2 is similar to the original SARS coronavirus, and that virus had natural immunity lasting for about two to three years. The, the real answer is we don't know. But what we are seeing right now after 15 months of dancing with this virus, the risk of reinfection is extremely rare. About 94%, the natural immunity has about a 94% protection from a recurrent severe COVID-19 infection. That's like what the vaccine You're talking about the efficacy, for example. Yes. Now, now what about variants when you factor that in? That is an unknown right now. We know that the vaccines do seem to be protecting against all of the variants. There has not been a circulating variant as of yet that has broken through the vaccine. But the very same can almost be said for natural immunity, except the Brazilian variant, that is where you started really seeing reinfections. And so the Brazilian variant, that P1, is of concern. The vaccines are covering it, covering it, but the original natural immunity are not necessarily covering it, and we are seeing more breakthrough reinfection cases with that variant. I mean, it's also fascinating. All right, we continue with Dr. Nicole Sapphire, her new book out today, Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19. Uh, her book is on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere, Hannity.com. How do, is it possible that every model was wrong? Fauci in March of last year, masks don't work. Then it's one mask, then it's two masks, then it's, we're probably going to have annual masks, and we're probably going to ha- need annual booster shots. And probably masks are in our future every flu season. I'm like, okay, what is, what is going on here? I, I call him flip-flop Fauci because he's been wrong so often. But the medical community has been wrong. I would give some, I gave some slack because I don't think anybody knew what they were dealing with. That's fair. You know, for example, if Cuomo would have reversed himself once they saw what the numbers were in nursing homes based on his executive order. But instead, he doubled down, hid it from even his own health officials and the Justice Department so he could write his best-selling book uh, of only, what, 50000 and make five-plus million dollars. So a lot of people got a lot wrong. I think at some point it was innocent. At this point now, it's unforgivable to me. You know, I can, you know, I, to be honest, I go into detail in all of the ways that certain people were wronged, including the models and reasons why. Um, but the models didn't take into effect to account the resolve of the American people. And if you really look at the data of what happened, 
the people that we had our lowest infection spread when people had were doing voluntary measures. That's what we were doing here in the New York, New York area was that we chose to stay home. We were choosing to do the right thing, and that was the best thing. But then when you started having the stay-at-home orders and the lockdown mandates and bringing everybody really inside together is what you saw actually increase the virus. So we needed less mandates less authoritarian restrictions and more just trusting the American people to do the right thing because ultimately they did. And I will say that it is incredibly unfortunate how wrong a lot of people were in the beginning, but I do think that came from some of the information. Last, last, last question. China. And we're going to, we're going to post your uh, link to your book, panic attack, playing politics with the side with science and the fight of against COVID-19. Are there any patients that you would recommend not get the vaccine? We'll, we'll have about 15 seconds. Contraindications, severe allergies. Um, also, you have to just talk to your physician because there are risk benefits with a lot of chronic illnesses. So there might be some people that you say, I don't think you're a candidate for this. It's not a good idea for you. I think that there are still questions surrounding that, but I do think that it should be taken on a case-by-case basis and not a universal recommendation. All right. Congratulations on the new book. We'll post it at Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, uh, thank you, as always, for being with us. We appreciate it. All right. 25 to the top of the hour. We're going to get to your call. So Biden yesterday did not have a good day speaking. We mentioned earlier how he was addressing the graduating class at the Coast Guard. And you know, what's interesting is they, he kind of used a 30-year-old joke that Ronald Reagan used and you get two very distinct responses, and we even got a, a come on man out of it. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man, is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap, but being here together. We're all kidding aside, being here together is a victory in and of itself. Compared to Ronald Reagan, it's night and day. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. Wow. Here's somebody that can actually deliver a line. Anyway, so you got then Joe Biden struggle with the name of the Coast Guard lieutenant commander, and he forgot the guy's name. Notice that even the New York Times now is talking about He's, he's got short temper, a short fuse. He berates the people around them. He dresses them down, you know, curses them out, according to them. Gets at work 930, has less than one scheduled event on average every day. You know, up, up, up to the residence at 7 o'clock. Warm, milky, sippy cup. Joe out cold. I bet Joe's never watched my show because he's never awake for it. You know, we need a strong president. It is the hardest job in the world. How do I know? I've watched presidents up close, personal. I've watched people. Why do you think almost every president over eight years ages? Joe didn't age well. When he, look at him now and, and compare where he was in, in 2016 versus today. It is a stark contrast. 
The only one who really didn't age much at all was Trump. He didn't age at all, you know, but he's a carrier. He's like Linda. You know, he, he gives people high blood pressure and, 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 you know, heart problems. Well, did you see, I was just saying to Jason, if we could pull it up, I don't think we even ever hit it the other day where they were, they had the press pool there and somebody wanted to ask a question. He was like, there's no questions. I'll run you over. <laughs> just kidding. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah that's we not... played that on TV. That we didn't play it here. Quick question on Israel before you drive. No, you, you can't. Can. <laughs> not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tease He's not funny, number one. Hilarious. Yeah, number two. Imagine Donald Trump said that. He was threatening to kill reporters. That's how the insane mob in the media would get. Um, it, 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 it's dangerous. You know, and the question that I have is, who knew what when? Do they not see what Putin, I can tell you a thousand percent with certainty, Putin notices the decline from 2016. So does Xi, President Xi. So does Kim Jong-un. And so do the mullahs in Iran. And I think one of the, the things we're now witnessing is this geopolitical aggression among hostile regimes because they sense weakness in an American president. I mean, can you imagine the backflips that Putin is now doing because Joe just handed him permission to to build a, a gas pipeline right into our allies' country of Germany and meanwhile shutting down our pipelines, eliminating high-paying career jobs? As you know, pressuring Israel on thousands of rockets being fired at our our number one ally in the region. I haven't heard a, a peep out of Joe against Vladimir and the Russian hackers of the colonial pipeline. I haven't heard a peep out of Joey Sippy Cup Joe when it comes to the alliance that has emerged with Iran, China and Russia. Russia, China providing arms to Iran that they're shipping to fight their proxy war in Yemen against the rest of the Middle East, including our closest ally. You know, what would we want to hear from Israel, Great Britain and our and, and NATO alliance countries if, in fact, we were hit with rockets? We'd want to hear go win the war. They started a war. They're trying to kill Americans. In this case, they're trying to destroy Israelis. But he's telling, no, you've got to stand down. No, he doesn't have to stand down. Win the war against terrorists. Hamas is a terror organization. Their charter calls for the destruction of Israel. This is not hard. Let's get to our busy phones. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. All right, let's say hi to Brian is in North Carolina. What's up, Brian? How are you, sir? Glad you called. Hey, hey doing well. Thank you. Um, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I'm calling because I just wanted to kind of let you know what the American workers having to put up with that work with these new CDC guidelines. Um, I understand part of it, but, but again, I'm in a position right now. I've got asthma. I've got allergies all the time. I constantly get sinusitis. I have sleep apnea. I have all these different breathing issues, which make it extremely difficult for me to wear a mask. Um, I mean, if I wear it, it's on for like 30 seconds. I take it off because I, I just need to take a deep breath because I just... I cannot figure out. Are how they to saying that you have to wear it even if you're immunized? No, but I'm not getting immunized either. One because because of the because I've of your already, medical condition. Well, partly, yeah, but I mean that, that's my doctor has said. Well, it could go either way, but I'm not I'm not going to take that that chance. Um, I I didn't really want to go into this this part of it, but I'm basically the result. I've got a birth defect because my mom took medicine 
she took birth control pills and was told, oh, yeah, everything's fine with it. Don't worry about it. And then, of course, I've got birth defects because of directly because hey, of the. Hey, Brian, the you want to know why yeah. I, I refuse to give in to the pressure that the left has been putting on me to tell people to get vaccinated because I'm not a doctor and because I don't know. Everybody has their unique individual medical condition. And I don't know a thing about anybody's medical condition. I'm not qualified to tell people. Now, I would urge you to study hard. There's all the research available. Talk to your doctor and doctors and medical professionals you trust based on your specific medical condition. Now the question is, what are you going to do? How long have you been working here? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, I have done that. I, I'm, as a matter of fact, I literally just left my doctor's office getting a note. But the note is basically to claim that I have a disability. And he said that he felt very uncomfortable doing that because I don't technically have a disability. Right. Apnea is not a disability. Allergies, you know, nasal allergies, that's not a disability. And, and if I designate myself as somebody who has a disability, he said, well, you know, you realize legally what that could do insurance wise and all these other things. So I didn't even want to go down the, that path. I don't I don't really know where that goes. But again, my, my point is, I'm now having to expose all of these these reasons as to why I'm not wearing a mask when really this is America. I should just be allowed to go into work if, if you're going to require me to go back into work because I've been working from home. Don't let me go into work. I mean, like my church just, just said last week, the priest was very excited. He said, hey, you know what, guys, next week you don't have to wear the mask. If you want to wear the mask, you can sit on that side of the church. If you don't want to wear the mask, sit on the other side of the church. It's up to you. What is that? Oh, my God, that's American freedom. That's called choice. But no, we can't do that at work. No, at work, it's you have to sign this attestation form. That's what they're calling it now, where you basically declare whether or not you've had the vaccination. Well, to me, I understand, OK, yeah, it's not technically against HIPAA, but it is me telling everybody whether or not I've got the vaccination. Can I ask you and a personal a question? What, what, what work are you involved in? What do you do? I, I do. I do QA work. I do software work. So I work in a cube farm. But but again, here's the other. Let, thing. let me ask you another question. Would your doctor yep. be willing to write a note? Describing your your medical condition, he, he has. And, that's what I just and, picked up. What's that? that? That's what I just. That's what I just picked up from the office. But again, it, it, the form that they wanted me to fill out was to say that I have a disability. That's what they're looking for at work is to claim that you have a disability, so that they can make an accommodation for you. But again, my doctor was like, uh, "I'll write this. You know, I'll tell them that you have you know these these issues, these breathing issues." But it's not a disability. So, so again, that's my. That's well, now we're getting into definitions. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds exactly. here with this, but I would, but I would say this: be just be totally, completely honest, especially if you're filling out a form, and I, you know, as long as your doctor, you know, has, is backing you up, it sounds like I, the type of work you can do from home. Um, if all else fails, uh, and they're going to fire you, uh, you have two options at that point: you can you can sue them and get a lawyer, uh, well, actually three, or, you know, start searching for another job now that would allow you to work from your home, hopefully comparable compensation, uh, or you could do option C, do both. Yeah, but Sean, I mean, think about what you just said, the absurdity of me having to go through this. When I'm a healthy American, I do not have the virus. In fact, I had the virus last year and recovered from it without any medication, without going to a doctor, um, I was, I'm just fine. I have the antibodies. I, I'm, I'm just fine. But that, because that's not in the CDC's um, rules, where if you have the antibodies, then you're, you're excluded from it and you don't have to wear a mask. Well, we still have yeah. to wear the mask. Look, it's, Why? It's, the it's, absurdity yeah, of it is I, I, I truly 
appreciate your predicament. I really do, and I can sympathize with you. Um, the other issue is, I would assume everybody has to take responsibility at work. If they they know that they have an opportunity to get vaccinated, et cetera, or maybe they can accommodate you in an area that you could work and not have to wear the mask, which is which is difficult for you, is what you're telling me. Well, no, no, hold on. That's the funny thing. See, they said people who work in an office don't have to wear the mask. So I asked for the accommodation. Can I get an office? Because I know that there are empty offices, and here's why. What they're doing now is they're doing rotation. A third of the office workers go in every two weeks. The other two-thirds work from home. I've been working from home for the last year. So I'm perfectly willing to go into work but give me an office yeah, so I can I, I think at this point, I think they're being, it sounds like they're being, to me, unreasonable, especially if there are offices available. And you'd be willing, I assume, to wear the mask if you're in the hall or if you do get around yeah. other people. At that moment, you'd be okay wearing a mask? I'm wearing it for a minute or two. I can't wear it past that. I just can't, I can't breathe. That's the... Now, listen, some people get claustrophobic. I mean, I... have to take um, off my face. I, I love my mask. It gives me a certain sense of anonymity in that sense. But listen, I, I really I don't know what to say except what I told you. You know, the options are I feel sorry for your predicament. Um, I have spoken to doctors and I've been asking the question more often. Are there some patients that you would recommend not get vaccinated? And most doctors have said, yeah, there are there are people that probably for whatever reason, um, whatever their health condition or allergies happen to be, et cetera, et cetera, that they would recommend probably not getting the vaccine. It's a very tiny, tiny percentage. Most uh-huh. think most advise getting it. Um, but I, I'm just not qualified to give you the right answer on that. But I would say that the options you have are to try and work with your current employer, try and get the accommodation that works for both of you and, and allows you to continue your employment uh, then you, uh, if that doesn't work, I'd go to plans B and C, which I mentioned, okay? Yeah, and, and that is what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to point out, this is the absurdity of where we are today. No, it's terrible. Health, Listen, healthy I, people I, are being I, made I, to feel like it. there's something wrong with you. Listen, I could tell you one last thing. There were people that worked for me that had either family members, close family members, or themselves immune issues. Let me put it that way. And I insisted throughout the whole pandemic that they stay home. I still am keeping them home uh, just for the interim, but they'll be coming back soon. Uh, And I did it because I care about anybody that works for me. Uh, uh, Linda's been offered to work from home for years. She just, she is the one employee that just outright tells her boss to go jump on a lake, which I find extremely frustrating. And I'm hoping her CD, uh, CDB products will be taken earlier in the day and she might listen once in a while. Uh Is that fair? You mean like how you listen when I tell you to go to break and do your commercial like I'm telling you now? All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. We got a great Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel for you tonight. The mass confusion, the chaos, the fines going out by Nancy Pelosi and company that are not following the science. We got hypocrisy galore. Uh, and also it's time for flip-flopping Fauci to get out. He's made enough mistakes for a lifetime. Uh, We also have Biden selling out the U.S. to Vladimir and the danger of that. All these kids apparently are getting, you know, the migrant kids unaccompanied. Yeah, they're probably they're getting free uh, trips courtesy of uh, Sippy Cup Joe to other states like Tennessee. We have a report 
And this guy that did the book on Barack Obama cursing out Trump and saying all sorts of things will give us the inside scoop exclusively 9 Eastern tonight on Hannity. We'll see you then. Thanks for being with us back here tomorrow.